Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World, PublishersWeekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at www.comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm their podcast producer, and I am also a contributor to PWCW and The Beat. And this week on More to Come, Small Press Expo, Ignatz Awards, the Brooklyn Book Festival, the upcoming Brooklyn Comics and Graphics Festival, and a preview of New York Comic Con. Uh, news briefs, and then cool books for you to check out. All right. Well, let's get to it. It's uh, We're wrapping up the busy fall uh, show schedule yeah. and a book schedule, and uh, with the, the Small Press Expo... I think on our last podcast, we were saying, next time we talk to you, we will have been to the Small Press Expo, and guess what? We went to the Small Press Expo. Yeah, we did. I'm shocked. SBX. <laughs> oh, AKA SBX. Uh, Heidi was down there the entire weekend. I was down there for Saturday. Uh, it's a fabulous show. It was just amazing. <laughs> it was just, you know, I ran into some of the people from the show a week ago on Friday, and... We couldn't believe that a whole week, seven days had passed since we'd seen each other at Small Press Expo because it, in that time we'd been just thinking about all the wonderful things that happened and the wonderful memories and the friendships that we'd shared and the comics that we'd seen and the slideshows we'd presented. If I had a violin, I would be playing it. <laughs> I, it was really... Calvin, I, I'm, I'm sad that you were only there for one afternoon because it really was one of the best... Best vibes I've ever been around in comics. Great and books and great camaraderie, without a doubt. And I think, um, really, what was it, impelling the great camaraderie was that great sales. I mean, I hate to say yeah, it, but you know, when hurt. people are doing make really, a few bucks. Yeah, when you are doing, people are doing really well and selling books like they were selling them at this show. They really do tend to feel uh, good about themselves, and uh, the sales were phenomenal. Now, what yeah. made the show so great was that it really had this incredible lineup of, of cartoonist yeah. guests. Led by the Hernandez brothers, Chris Ware, and um, Dan Klaus. And apparently yes. this is the first time they had all been at the same place since 1990. So yeah. that's pretty incredible. And uh, just having yes. them there, also Adrian Tomine, Francois Mouly, mm-hmm. Michael DeForge, um, just so many great cartoonists. And that brought out the people. Yeah, yes. Fantagraphics reported that by Saturday afternoon, they had already sold more than they had in the entire previous SPX. And uh, the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund has had sold $11,000 worth of books by Saturday. And that's uh, normally what they would do in a day at Comic-Con in San Diego. So, I mean, that's a huge number for them. So yeah. people were spending money. I mean, the other metrics, all of them were great. There was no books left by Sunday. Uh, the ATMs ran out of money. Uh, as always, as, you, as you described in your story, which is up at publishersweekly.com slash comics, uh, the publishers at the end of the day were standing next to big piles they of money. Were. They were just <laughs> raking it in. And uh, they and that's part of the reason why they felt good about it. But it was also it was just the fans were so into it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and the enthusiasm... Uh, I mean, when, when the, the fact of the matter is, when you hear, uh, or when I hear most comics people complaining about San Diego, complaining about New York Comic Con, the mega cons, uh, what they're really talking about is they kind of want to go to a con like SBS. Yes, they do. Uh, the scale of it, the engagement of the fans, uh, 
the ability to kind of to walk across the whole thing in you know a few minutes as opposed to the whole day. Right. Uh, it's not quite as soul sapping <laughs> as the big cons can be, uh, and there's just an amazing energy in the room uh, when you're full of, of uh, you're full of small press publishers and self publishers and great books. Uh, and yeah. there were and yet it's large enough that they get books. significant sales. Yes, yes. absolutely. Well, I, there's a couple of factors that were uh, helped make SPS success. I, I mean, it's, the show's been running for 15 years mm. and it has a pretty strong infrastructure. It's all volunteer based, but they've had uh, really good directors the past few years who who ha- got the thing down to kind of a science. Uh, Warren Bernard's been running it for the last few years and he really took the vision uh, to get it to get it on beyond what it was doing. Like, they had uh, events, tie-in events at the Library of Congress. Yes. And uh, uh, people from the Library of Congress. Because of the small press collection, small press collection uh, that they've worked were out. Were at together. the show. Great and, thing. And also, let's be blunt about it, the area where it's located, Bethesda, Maryland, you know, the Beltway community, uh, that whole area around Washington has probably been doing a little bit better than a lot of the country during the hard economic times and there's a lot of really rich nerdy wonks around there who (laughs) like to spend money on indie (laughs) comics and that really is what makes for a, a, a successful show uh, you know, when you have an audience around that likes to spend money. I mean, for instance, Ape in San Francisco is known as the trendiest and coolest looking crowd that ever goes, but they're all penniless bohemians, uh, <laughs> or whatever they call them in San Francisco, and uh, they don't really open their pocketbooks. But anyway, that was one element of that. But uh, on beyond that, Warren really had a great vision, um, bringing in those fantastic guests. And I really must give Bill Cardalopoulos also props for great yes. programming. Um, all the guests were spotlighted, they made a bigger room. Uh, that enabled people to line up to see where and clouds and uh, did we leave out Francois? No, we mentioned Francois, Francois in passing, but she was yes, also a there, you know, a, a titan of the uh, mm-hmm. in, independent comics. So uh, I mean, it really was a great snapshot of uh, where we had been, where we are, where we're going. Um, also, uh, I did not—I forgot to put this in my piece, and I really do need to address this. But um, I think the spirit of Dylan Williams of Sparkplug Books was mm-hmm. really a lot over the show. Uh, Williams passed away last year during last year's SPX, mm-hmm. but he was an inspiration for so many publishers and. And just in, in finding high-quality books and really pushing them and persevering and always ready with advice yeah. and just a great guy. And, and a lot of oh. people are really okay, guess it's done. Per, per, persevering and really inspiring a lot of people to carry on. So, I, I, I mean, I think a lot of the good feeling was a tribute to Dylan Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I mentioned, and I'm just curious to hear your thought about it. I, th- I sent you an email about this, but I have never seen so many... Um, Self-publishers and and small publishers using uh, iPads and iPhones for credit card charges. It, it, did, it, am I just the only one? Am I uh, over well, responding to I that? I think you are a little bit. Okay, I, I just had never. Using, I've I, seen it use. I just never seen it so much at a at a well, con. I, as I mean, had. it's like that. I think using Square the, yeah, and but iPads. I think that those have all become a lot more affordable. Yeah. And oh, so it's, it's absolutely. Well, I mean, Square is giving away. Yeah. Their little. Attachment, yeah. so yeah. basically they have, you don't need any money up front; they'll just take a cut. But yeah. I just thought it was fabulous. So I, a free I, is in the budget of most comics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just half of the books I bought down there I charged, yeah, and I'd never done that before. Right. At well, you know, Calvin, I also saw a lot of the attendees using forks, so it's really getting this. But um, <laughs> no, I'm teasing you a little bit. I mean, I think that's definitely a a business development. I mean, I'm not sure. Um, you know what? I think you're probably all right. I think a lot more people were able to take a lot more money on credit cards because they ran out of money and cash. Absolutely. And the check with the uh, ATM 
not working. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the ADM ran out of cash. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. but I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think everybody's been using those for yeah. for a while. So I think yeah. we probably just reached critical mass. But you know, that's more that's part of the whole onward and upward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's just another indication of the tools that are available to, to uh, individual artists, small publishers, mm-hmm. that give them a leg up that just didn't exist. Even five years ago. Yep, yep. DIY gets more D all the time. And the books. Yes. Oh, the books. Well, you know, there was no book of the show, really. Uh, well, don't I, yeah, I don't mean, you think Building Stories was, was sort I of... I do think that was, but I, I mean, they uh, actually were shorted on some of their copies. So yeah, I noticed it. But uh, that, yeah. I would agree. That was definitely a lot of buzz. I mean, I think there was also uh, a lot of buzz for John Porcelino, some of the books he mm-hmm. had, The Voyeurs, mm-hmm. uh, The Hypo for Fanographics, yes, yes. Um, Adrian Storr, Tomine's uh, New York Drawings. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, um, let's see what else. I understand Mac was there with his yes, book about the yes. tea party, the real tea party. Um, you know, I, there were a lot of great books yes, there. And, uh, a a lot of them we've all been covering here. Mm-hmm. In yeah, Weekly. yeah. So I no, mean, I guess no, you're right. No that, big that, surprise breakouts. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Like, I will what? say that that's the case. I mean, the books that we're talking about, we were really were talking about before XBX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but I mean, they were all there and they were great. Yeah, I, it's just really a, a testament to how many. Really good cartoonist, good to great to you know best ever in the case of yeah. the the four top liners. Yeah, and I was able to uh, do a sit down interview with Chris Ware, which I'm frantically uh, trying to edit and get ready to um, uh, release into the world. So it's coming, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, but Small Press Expo really a great great way to. Uh, to cap off the year, but okay. but it's not over yet. Uh, it's not over. Oh, you know the Ignatz Awards yes. were also presented, and uh, the Hernandez brothers were presented three awards, which was a little bit of justification or vindication after yeah. they had gotten like yeah, nothing. Yes, yeah. so after yeah. not even being nominated for an yeah. Eisner Award for doing some of the greatest work of their you know world class career. So there was a, a lot of very happy uh, yes. people, very happily clapping uh, when they won for best uh, best story. Best ongoing series and best artist for Jaime Hernandez. Yes. So and uh, uh, other I, winners, should we go over? Uh, sure. And Neil Anders Nielsen won for outstanding graphic novel for Big Questions. Kate Beaton won for outstanding anthology or collection for Hark of Vagrant. Uh, Lale Westvin won for best uh, newcomer. And outstanding comic went to the Pterodactyl Hunters by Brendan Leach. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was a good list. Right. So, uh, moving right on to another uh, more local event, but certainly uh, impactful, um, the Book and Book Festival. Uh, yes. Really, uh, the, the event that's really kind of taken over from New York is Book Country as kind of the preeminent kind of book and literary festival in New York City. Yeah, and um, it, beautiful weather, downtown Brooklyn. Um, it looked like mm-hmm. it was packed. I mean, people were lined up to get into panels as they were last year. Um, a way bigger comics contingent this year than in yes. past years. And, uh, you know, some people, I think, were even wondering maybe if it was too much because they even had comics panels going up against each other. Yeah, and, and as, uh, it was because you were moderating right. a panel, the, the sex panel, yes. which the New York Times actually yes. did mention, yes, yeah, that's as a matter of right. fact. That's right. yes. uh, I was doing the NYC Inc. panel, um, which I had a great panel. Mm-hmm. Um, Colleen Duran, uh, Ron Wimberly, James Romberger... Uh, Peter Cooper yeah. talking about there, comics in New York. Was there a good crowd for yours? It was packed, actually. It was great, although there was some weirdness with the door uh, getting people in for some reason. When when we started the panel, it was about the room was about half full. Five minutes into the panel, a, a huge group of people came in, 
And it was standing room only before wow. the hour you, was over. You know what? I don't know if that happened with our panel, but everybody was saying, oh, sex was going to win out. But, you know, our room was probably about four-fifths full. I mean, it certainly was full. I mean, it wasn't like you could, you know, you, you could... Uh, you know, it was very well attended, but I, it was like well, it wasn't SRO like some of the other panels. You know, were, so. uh, while this, while I thought the festival was very well organized, there were apparently a, a friend of the show, Jody Colton, who <laughs> uh, actually was stranded outside, mm. and uh, there seemed to be some miscommunication between the people uh, upstairs mm-hmm. uh, at the door and the, and the security guards downstairs, keeping crowds in or out of the building. And I think that had a lot to do with it. Jody just jumped the line and got in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she said all of those people, and she said most of the people that were in line with her mm-hmm. um, were trying to get into a, my panel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. eventually they did, but so there was some problems yeah, I, there. I, mean, I, think I had a full house forgiven. before it was all over. It is a free event in New York. Yeah. And that usually equals a crowd, yeah. especially when you have great authors uh, yes. floating around. Um, but uh, it was definitely a big success for both the literary and the comic side. Yeah. Who was um, on your panel? Um, on my panel was uh, Molly Crabapple. I always want to say Molly Crabapple. Molly <laughs> Crabapple. Um, and for Leela just Corman. fresh out of jail. Fresh from jail, Leela <laughs> Corman uh, and Gilbert Hernandez and Bob Fingerman. And it, w- it was uh, very frank, very funny. Uh, Sounds sexy. Slides. It was. It definitely was. Uh, actually, in the green room beforehand, uh, Calvin, I think you were there. Molly was actually demonstrating how she tweeted. Yes. While yes. She while she was handcuffed. And, and she, while, <laughs> while handcuffed, and you know, she is a former trapeze artist, so having those limber shoulders yes. definitely helps you with the thumbs yes. and the yes, and she's, the iPhone. She so. seems quite. Limber. Yes, she's yes. very, very limber. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, good, good times. And, uh, I mean, I'm just bummed that I missed seeing Colleen Doran and Carla Speed McNeil together. Ah, uh, yeah, just, that would have been great. Would, yeah. I, I want to do I want to do a panel. It's my life's dream now to do a panel that's Carla and Colleen in conversation. So, uh, so you know, put that in your pipe and smoke it. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, uh, should we should talk we, about, before we, we talk about a serious upcoming con, should we talk yeah. about a very strange upcoming con? Sure. Sure. Morrison Con. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Grant Morrison has yes. decided that what the world really needs is for him to have his own con. It's in Las Vegas. You have to buy a full package with ticket and, like, hotel room and everything. But he's instead of having a large lineup of guests, he has a small but very select lineup of guests who he will then present to you intensively, including Robert Kirkman, Derek Robertson, Jason Aaron... Jim Lee, Gerard Way, Jonathan Hickman, Frank Whiteley, Jake Williams III, and Chris Burnham. And the show will start with a spoken word dash, I'm not making this up, <laughs> occult ceremony dash musical performance in which Howard Hughes and Liberace battle for the soul of Las Vegas with musical accompaniment by Gerard Way. Nice. Okay, well. Uh, it's I heard including that. the price of your ticket. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, well, I, I think this it. is more of a happening than a <laughs> value Well, add. but no, but then a, they have perfectly normal, perfectly normal uh, convention panel topics in between the various strange Bacchanalian orgies. <laughs> okay, well, said I won't be there. Yeah, no, me too, man. I have uh, several reporters who are going, though, so hopefully we'll right, get good, a... Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine how good the stories will be uh, from this event. Yeah, well. You know, it might also not be as exciting as you think it will be. So, uh, yeah, sometimes <laughs> well, things do fizzle. Yes, yes. Well, there you go. Uh, um, but there is another 
um, Con in Brooklyn. So yes, back to yes, the East yes. Coast. Yes, yes, yes. Just back to the East Coast. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about New York Comic Con in a minute, but just to finish on the indie tip, the next show coming up is the uh, Brooklyn Comics and Graphics Fest. Well, they just announced the guests for that show, and uh, and unex- uh, not unexpectedly, it's awesome. Um, led by Chris Ware again. So uh, I think this is the first time he's done a New York uh, show in forever, maybe ever. Um, let's see, other guests, Nine Antico, Black Spollocks, Charles Burns, Lily yeah. Carre, Genevieve Castri, Rod mm-hmm. Chas, Tim Hensley, Richard McGuire, Johnny Negron, Anouk Ricard, Florent Rupert, Olivier Schrauen, and Adrian Tomenet. Um, an go. awesome European turnout. Uh, mm-hmm. Schrauen did that. The man, I want to say now, I'm, uh, anyway, he did this really and awesome And it is November 10th. Favorite. Yes, November 10th. Uh, anyway, and Blex Bollocks is the illustrator of these great children's books that are absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you know, Raj Chess, the great mm-hmm. New Yorker cartoonist. Uh, it's a fabulous mm-hmm. lineup and uh, should be another fabulous show. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we are That's very great. lucky to live in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that you don't. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but you can listen to us tell yes. you all about it. It'll be just like being there as we paint a word picture. But back to the MegaCon yes, scene. The Megacon. Oh, yeah. uh, yes. New York Comic Con. I'm going to announce Our here. Uh, the, the, some of you will hear it for the first time, but those of us here in this room uh, know it already. Is that I actually am going to miss New York Comic Con for the first time since the <gasps> thing launched. Oh, no. Uh, uh, yes, well, I'm sure but he's going to muddle be through without me. I'll be at the Frankfurt Book Fair. Um, I'm going to take a break from New York uh, this year and uh, see what's happening in the rest of the world. It's actually my first visit to Frankfurt, and I hear there is enormous comics presence there, and I'm going to check it out. Yeah. We so, can't uh, wait to hear all about it. All right. Meanwhile, Kate and I will be hold, holding the fort, literally holding the fort, for uh, New York Comic Con, which this year uh, I interviewed Lance Fensterman, the showrunner, last week, and he said he already knows what the attendance is going to be uh, because it's already pretty much sold out, and uh, it's probably going to be between 100 and 115,000 people. Pretty much the whole Javits Center that's open will be taken up uh, with New York Comic Con, and uh, despite efforts to kind of clamp down on some of the ancillary badges and everything, I expect it's really going to be a chaotic incredibly vibrant uh, show floor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pack a lunch. I'm sure you will right. not be able to get food. Yeah. I mean, okay, theoretically you can get food, but I'm telling you right now, you're not going to be able to yeah. get food. Yeah, it's, it's really, you know, uh, all the wonderful <laughs> things that we have in New York, uh, you know, bad transportation, uh, inaccessible <laughs> lack of cabs, uh, very expensive convention hall food, yes. uh, oh, all of those. On, on the subject of cabs, though, um, they do actually have a shuttle. That's right. Look for the shuttle, yes. and they will drop you off in convenient parts of Manhattan, close to subways. Yeah, which is great. I, I know they've had shuttles before, but I think this is the most extensive that they've had them. And uh, the programming is, is also much more extensive this year, uh, sub-350 programs. And in some cases, going until 1 in the morning. And... Uh, yeah, you almost wonder when people will have time to sleep. Well, yes. And, for some um, fans, there won't be a need for sleep. But to, for me, there will be a need for sleep, just so you know. <laughs> I do need sleep. To kick off uh, this year's New York Comic Con, the uh, ICB2 is going to be holding uh, its its conference this year. It's going to be the Comics and Digital 2 at New York Comic Con. So he's, uh, I, I did a short interview with Milton and uh, with Milton Greep, the uh, organizer. And they've got, they're going to look at really, uh, they've got three really primary um, panels. Heidi is going to be moderating one of them. There's a uh, kids' comics, Kids, the Future of Everything, with uh, a great lineup uh, Francois Mouly, Jim Salakrup, um, uh, Carol Burrell from uh, Learner Graphic Universe, 
uh, see, moderated by Scott Robbins. Then uh, Comics the New Medium, uh, which Heidi is going to be um, moderating. Yes. You want to uh, talk that about that? We're just going to be talking to this. Uh, some folks who are uh, on the cutting edge with uh, this is Mark Wade, um, Hank Canals at, at DC Comics, um, John Roberts of Comicsology, and just really going to be talking about um, what the next level is. Um, I actually did a panel with kind of the same topic about three years ago, and uh, which has uh, evolved in epochs, not in years since then. So I'm really excited to um, sit down and talk to these folks. And then this, there is the uh, comics, the transforming business model, which is going to have a, a pretty high-powered lineup. You've got the Dan Buckley, uh, the president and publisher of Marvel, uh, Peter Levin from Nerdist Industries. Alvin Liu from Viz Media, uh, Michael Murphy from Iverse, David Steinberger of Comixology, and uh, Rob Salkowitz, the, uh, the writer of Comic-Con and the Business of Pop Culture, will be moderating it. And there will be, of course, uh, the annual white paper on the business, which Milton tells me is looking great for the comic shop market. Everything's up. The bookstore market uh, has got a lot of down stuff, he says, but there are bright spots, and he's going to talk about that right, right. Well, at this, the conference. You know, this is a separate ticket from New York Comic Con, and uh, I, I, I am a sponsor with, uh, with The Beat. PW is also a sponsor, so we are a little bit biased. But I would say, this really sounds like a kick-ass lineup yes, yes, of really yes, vital yes. topics. And yeah. uh, Milton puts together an excellent show every year. I think this one, I think the good mood's going to spill over to this conference and uh but i think there's a lot to uh, learn on these on these topics so should be good uh, but you know as far as new york comic-con goes uh, I, I just wrote the preview issue and uh, you know just some interesting statistics about how popular it is this year that you know, ticket sales lance told me that ticket sales are 190 percent uh above last year's sales wow so uh saturday uh four-day passes are already sold out Three-day passes are already sold out. Saturday is already sold out. Sunday is almost sold out. Friday, uh, it's probably going to sell out. Possibly the only day you will be able to walk up and buy a ticket is Thursday. But Lance said he wouldn't be surprised if, like San Diego, this becomes a sellout show where you cannot walk up and buy a ticket. Um, part of the Comic-Con... But hopefully we won't have to wait quite as... It won't be quite as hard to get a ticket to right. as San well, Diego. Yeah, we, we, well, yeah. We don't need a hotel. <laughs> yes, also we're New Yorkers. We know the Javits inside and out. Yeah. We know how to sneak in there. I just disguise myself as a hot dog vendor and creep in. So, um, you know, they can't Food stop Food delivery that. person. Yep, yeah, that's it. Uh, another statistic that uh, John Cunningham of DC told me is that, uh, according to their own uh, internal research, the attendance of the shows that DC... At- goes to has doubled in the last five years so um you know we've talked a lot since the economy kind of went in the tank about whether the fantasy economy was going to stay strong and and it it seems to have been a bright spot i i think that's really you know hasn't been just projecting our wishes and this was during the recession absolutely (laughs) this is definitely something i mean they say in bad times people want fantasy and i think the ascendance of the comic-con really really shows that um yeah, and if you live in the town where it's set, and a lot of comic cons are in major metropolitan areas, it's sort of like a fun day out for people who maybe otherwise want to spend more money on a vacation, but instead, right. okay, we'll spend a day at Comic Con. Right. But I, I think even more amazing is just the spread of the Comic Con nationwide. I mean, yes. even medium sized towns are getting Comic Cons now. Yeah. And uh, they had successful launch shows in Denver this year, mm-hmm. um, Tucson had a Comic Con. Uh, you, you know, Asbury Park had two little shows, little one-day shows. Uh, My hometown of Allentown had the great Allentown Comic Con, the <laughs> great 
is highly debatable, <laughs> but it was certainly a Comic Con in Allentown. <laughs> yeah, we saw that odd. What was it? That odd little con that uh, John Shableski organized at Penn State. Oh yeah, Wildcat Con. Yeah, the yeah. Wildcat that Con. Was I kind mean, of that, a con. That was yeah. more of a college. Con. It was yeah, it was a college, college con. con. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, we're not even talking about symposiums. You know, which which uh, they did want to mm-hmm. Columbia as well. But oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just talking about little, yeah. little like Jet City in in uh, Seattle and uh, um, Rose, the Rose Comic Con in Portland. I mean, there's just yeah. uh, they're blasting off all over the place, and uh, it's it's I, I as I put it, so it's like the circus or the state fair now. It's yeah. a thing people want to go to. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, weirdly, San Diego has done a lot for all the little comic cons because it's let people know there is such a thing as a comic con. And it's a fun place to go. And even if you don't want to go to San Diego, maybe when one comes to the town next to you, you'll go. Yeah. yeah. It's like you can't always go to the Super Bowl, but you can go to the local high school football game. Yes, yeah. It's <laughs> almost the same thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that note, so shall we move on to the news briefs? Oh, but first, we should tell everyone to come visit us yes. at our booth at New York Oh, excuse me. Yes. I'm getting and ahead of myself. I yes. had our booth number written down, I believe. It's booth thirty one fifty seven, but um, okay. Hopefully that's the accurate. Hopefully it's the actual. But uh, but you can look it up in the directory. We are in the directory. Yes. We are in the uh, the side of the hall that is under the uh, that we're in the small side of the hall. There's a big gap due to construction, but we're in the smaller side of the hall, but uh, near the Bandai yeah. Pavilion. So look I'm, us up. We're there. We're going to have a fabulous raffle. And uh, we'll be happy to say hi. Absolutely. And uh, also, we'll be doing some interviews in our uh, for this very podcast in our booth. So, uh, yeah, come on by. Step right up. Come on in. Well, don't I'll, come in, but I'll stand be in there front of us. In yes. sp- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be there in spirit. All right. All right. Kate, news briefs. Cleveland, home of Siegel and Schuster, is now going to have its very own Superman permanent exhibit in the Cleveland International Airport. The Siegel and Schuster Society, a local Cleveland society promoting the Clevelandness of Superman, uh, has raised $50,000 for a permanent exhibit at the Museum of the History of Siegel and Schuster and Superman. And Lara Siegel Larson, the daughter of Jerry Siegel, will be there to open the exhibit on October 11th. Give my regards to Blackjack, the manga, will now be available free on Facebook. Iconoclastic manga creator Shuhu Sato, who has already been on our podcast before for his uh, publishing rights disputes with his former publisher over this very manga, (laughs) has, now that he has recovered his rights, has uh, published, give my regards to Blackjack, his medical manga, which Calvin will tell us about. It's an amazing book. <laughs> I mean, it's a truly amazing book. Um, uh, I mean, I've, I'm familiar with the author, uh, she'll say too, but I have not really read his work, and seeing this this note, uh, I checked it out online, and it's, it's remarkable. It's a powerful, dramatic indictment of the Japanese medical establishment and, and it's now free on Facebook. It, it's, it's free. Uh, seen through the eyes of a young intern who's faced with the, mo- the moral dilemma of the basically the corruption of the medical establishment uh, and and the, the role that it places interns uh, 
and really the whole hospital system in opposition to the needs of patients. Um, it's not a play, it, you know, this isn't a wacky manga. This is really a, 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 a novel of, of, of conscious, of conscious, uh, uh, and of, um, and just a really moral, uh, moral indictment and moral seriousness. Um, it's and it's really amazing to, uh, to read. It's a really amazing. It sounds read, like so. my favorite manga of all time. Project <laughs> Cup Noodle only. Real. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not a celebration of anything. It is. It is really. It's. It's more like Kafka. It's like the individual caught in a system that he cannot possibly win. Wow. All right. Well, and I, I, I Sato is making the series available without any restriction. For second use, such as novelization or remixes or whatever you like, and uh, as part of his sort of experimental copyright well, usage. Well, check it out. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, I would really, you know, I just had not, not really read it. And uh, um, once I started, I, I literally couldn't stop. Wow. Uh, Vertical Comics is net, uh, home of such comics as Drops of God. Uh, is soliciting fans to tell them their favorite unpublished in English manga to publish. Of course, there are some rules. The manga cannot be more than 20 years old. The manga cannot be published by the parent companies of Viz. And it can't have explicit sex in it. But other than that, um, you can certainly suggest your favorites. Right. I mean, this isn't really, you know, it's good. They're not going to yeah. publish yeah, it. Yeah, it's not like you're popular. Yeah. But yeah, it's but really a fan. It's like he's reaching out of the fan. It's sort of a fan wish list. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that they yeah. know what people are interested in. So yeah. apparently led by Billy Bat by uh, yes, Yurasawa. Yeah. Which they say they are not going to publish. I know. They publish keep saying because, because he does not sell well enough. Yeah. yeah. And that's just so sad so you know well all, maybe someone will find a good way involving kickstarters or digital to bring right. that let's get bringing your saw to kickstarter well. okay <laughs> okay um and trickster is getting a store trickster the sort of parallel comic con to san diego comic con uh created by scott morse ted mathot and anita coulter is now getting its own permanent store in Berkeley, California, which is going to be a store and gallery space, and will primarily promote creator-owned comics. Right. Um, yeah, I'm not sure it's actually promoting primarily pri- uh, creator-owned comics. I know that's part of what they're selling, but according, you know, I talked to Scott Morse about it a little bit at Comic Con. He said it was kind of going to be a boutique as well. I mean, it's going to sell a lot of apparel and stuff. So, I mean, it's not just a comic shop, mm-hmm. as far as I know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Comic yeah, well, actually, the stuff. trickster. I mean, yeah. at, uh, yeah, the yeah. trickster store at Comic Con yeah. sells a lot of things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, books, original art. I mean, t-shirts. You know, earbuds. You know, but so yes. Yeah, but there's the spirit of indie innovation and you know and creativity is is all around the thing. Obviously, there are books involved as well, but they're really it is a boutique, really, and it's going to be a gallery too, as I understand. So. So we uh, waited. I mean, that that was certainly a breath of fresh air at, at Comic Con. Certainly, the first year. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't even get in it the second year. <laughs> but but uh, it's like uh, everything at Comic Con. Yes. Gets yeah. Spoiled. So. Um, or maybe they just need larger dates. <laughs> <clears throat> but right. now it's time for our favorite books of the week. Okay. Uh, you want to go first, or should you I? Go, Calvin. Go, okay, I'm going to go first. Um, this book blew me away. Uh, I mean, I don't know why. 
uh, it, it isn't the first adaptation of Shakespeare I've ever read, certainly not. But um, Ron Wimberly, um, who uh, has done a number of terrific books, uh, he did the uh, um, the biography, uh, rather the autobiography of um, Percy Carey, M.F. Grimm, the uh, the rapper, former drug sentences. dealer, uh, sentences. Yeah, published by Vertical a few years ago, 2007, I believe. Uh, he, he was left in a wheelchair after being shot. Uh, turned his life around. Um, he, he, in, in any event, he's also now done an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet called Prince of Cats. But it's, in this case, it's set in Brooklyn uh, among sword-wielding, gang-banging, hip-hop-influenced Capulets and Montagues. It's also like science fiction. It's uh, set in the future, isn't it's, it? It's, well, it's set in an indeterminate world where, um, you know, hip-hop in, uh, influence gangs bounce around Brooklyn in sneakers with swords. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's kind of a... Uh, Anyone's another, guess when it's It's set. a world that's simply recreated in the, in the, uh, uh, in the, in the, the, the image of Shakespeare, including the entire book is written... In an, in an amazingly creative hip hop influence, iambic pentameter. Yeah, uh, it's certainly. I mean, we've all been blown away by Chris Ware's building stories, and I still think it's probably the best book of the year. But I'm telling you, this little book by Vertigo, Ron Wimberly's Prince of Cats. You know, it's. I think it's right on its tail. It's really imaginative. Well, I tell you this: it's definitely an unexpected kind of a. You know, unexpectedly good. Uh, oh. Unfortunately, it's kind of part of this line of graphic novels that was commissioned at Vertigo like four or five years ago, and just sort of passed under the radar. Well, it's not even passed under the radar. It's just by the time they were published, uh, I think the entire management at DC yeah. had changed, yeah. and you know, the books haven't gotten a lot of press or a lot of previews. Um, so, I mean, we did, we did yeah. get. A, uh, some some galleys of it in, but anyway, they haven't gotten well, the amount of press that they did in the past. And you know what? This book really deserves all it the really does. It. It's really well done and a real labor of love Wonderful and imagination book. by Wemberley. Beautiful color, incredible illustrations, but the writing, and the imagination, and bringing together these two worlds. It's really uh, uh, not only that. At my panel, believe me, I had to I had to back people off because they were only throwing questions. Uh, you know, well, you know, within Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and so is this book. I mean, the, 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 you, you see everything from the projects to the Mermaid Parade, mm-hmm. um, and Tybalt, and, and Mercutio, and uh, Rosalind, and Romeo. It's, it's sort of Romeo and Juliet, you know, before they die. It's Romeo so there's a lot Juliet, of battles. But it has, uh, isn't that Tybalt is the uh, main character? <laughs> yes, Tybalt is yeah, the main character. So. Um, uh, and, but it's it really is imaginative uh, and. It also he's also very knowledgeable about old school hip hop and from the questions that were coming in the audience he's integrated some of this older history of hip hop in Brooklyn into the book. Those in the know can see it. I'm not one of those in the know, but the questions that he was getting it was very clear that he was really um, poking the uh, old school hip hop well, in the good audience. For him. I hope, anyway, I hope this book gets a lot more. Prince of Cats by Ron Wimberly. It's really well done. And speaking of old school, mm-hmm. Heidi and I have a joint recommendation yes, this yes. week. Oh, Amethyst, Princess of Gemworld. This is a, a classic. It's a come out in a showcase edition. It's classic 80s comics. Actually, talking about Vertigo, this is uh, one of the first books that Karen Berger edited when she was at DC before she founded Vertigo. She was always putting out books that were a little bit against the uh, current tide. And it's... Uh, uh, you know, fantasy about a 13-year-old girl who discovers that well, she's also the princess in a world called Gemworld. And when she's transported there, she immediately ages 
and uh, has the magical adventures based around gems. I, th- I think what I loved about this comic when I first read it is just, again, it was very imaginative, but Ernie Cologne's art is just great. He drew all these details and you know, draftsmanship. It's just really fantastic. Um, I'm a little sad that it's in black and white because the colors really helped mm-hmm. a lot when it was, especially because everything's a gem. So, you know, like in the emerald world, it'd be green and amethyst would be purple. Uh, so you kind of have to mentally supply that. But uh, anyway, it's great to have it back in print. And it's coming out in coordination with the rebirth of this title in Sword and Sorcery. Um, Sort of sorcery. Sort of sorcery. DC's new sort of anthology fantasy book. And, okay, original Amethyst did not have goth hair. Mm -hmm. But but it appears to be in much the same spirit. And who knows, maybe Amethyst will become a hit and they'll do reprints in actual color. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, The new Amethyst is being written by Christy Marks, who uh, created uh, a cartoon that was sort of along the same lines around the same period, you know, Gem and the Saturn. Gem and the Holograms. Gem and the Holograms, yes. About, yes, about a heroine who, her secret identity is that she is a rock star. Now, why being a rock star required a secret identity, they never really explained. But secret identities are cool, and rock stars are cool. (laughs) Sometimes you just don't need to explain things. you got to just go with what you feel. Um, So anyway, yeah, Amethyst is back. And also on Saturday morning. um, uh, Yeah, there's a Amethyst shorts in the DC Nation. And uh, it's 645 pages for 20 bucks. So you you can't hardly get a better bargain than that. Give it to the kiddies. They'll love it. And that's that for this week's more to come. But two weeks from now, there will be... Lots for more it. to come. We'll lots way and more lots to more to yeah. come. Yes, it might be our first uh, international more to come, as Calvin will be in Frankfurt, and Kate and I will be uh, fending off bullets and arrows at New York Comic Con. So, uh, see how we all survive that. Hey. So, I'll be the sin until uh, we meet again. Ah, au revoir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as we live through yeah. it. <laughs>